Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 20, dudes. The tabletop role-playing podcast, wherein the die is the one who is deciding of our topic. My name is Dylan, and you'd be quite surprised at how weak that I truly am when it comes to emotional fortitude in any commercial on television that includes a puppy. Hello, this is McDonald's. How can I help you? I'll take a chance for dollars I worked there and I hated it. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you shouldn't be. So this week's topic will be upon speaking of how to encourage the playing of roles. Hey, get in character, this asshole! <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that might be a little forceful, just a tad. Not yeah, maybe not. Maybe not quite so forward. Maybe. You gotta backwards it up a little bit, you know, step, backside step. Now, this is a particular area wherein I believe that my uh, absolute least favorite game, Ten Rabancho Zero, um, <laughs> so ex- excels. It, it it excels at this because role play is how your character advances. Ro- good role play is how you. Progress. You could argue. It is how you. You could argue it's practically the whole reason you're there. Indeed, it is, and it's, I actually enjoy that it as a system puts role play first. There's not a whole lot of mechanics to min max and ooh man, everything's got to be done perfect, and I got to build this exact way so that my character can perform optimally with this kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> you you do good whenever you role play well. And you know you're role-playing well because all of your other party members, the other players, not just the, the GM, DM, SPM, gives you your points, but the other players can be like, hey, man, that was pretty cool. Here's a here's did, a point. Did, here's, did you here's just liken a GM to a bowel movement? Yeah, man. Okay, just checking. That's, and I, I think like having a mechanic reward, like a mechanical reward for good role-playing is a good way to do it but i think putting it solely within the hands of one person limits that factor extremely like you've got dnd 5e is attempting to do this thing the, the kind of the same thing where you have inspiration die where i believe it's uh if you have a point of inspiration you can re-roll like any check or test or whatever and try and get a higher result. So, like, if you roll poorly and you've got an inspiration, you can say, hey, I want to try that again. I'm going to spend my inspiration point. And that's, that's a decent kind of mechanical aspect to give to your game. But the problem there being that only the GM can award that. And as a result, it's only what one person considers to be good role play. And so you kind of have to pander to a single person. If you really want those points, you, you tend to have to ask for them a lot more often. And I think in a, in a system wherein any player can at least nominate somebody to get a, uh, a reward for good roleplay, you have a lot more incentive to do well because you know that you're not just saying, oh, well, if the GM likes this thing, I can, I can roll better. It's... I, I want to have a fun time with everyone at the table. I want to have a fun time and be engaged with everyone involved, which I think is 
a big part of it. That's that's a big thing to take into account. What do you say, my good boy? I agree. Are you drinking I... something? Not Are you a... drinking something right now? Yes, I'm drunk. I drink and I'm Good drunk. night. Um, good morning, good night. <laughs> I believe it's a, it's really a wise choice to have a game system that allows for, you know, incentives for good role play. Where it's not so much forced or enforced, but it, it's like, here, here's the bait on the hook. And you can have this if you do this thing. And then you can reap these awesome rewards where you get to do really cool crap later on. I think Tenra does that a lot better than... See... I don't really know 5e or D&D for that matter, but I think they do it better than Pathfinder, for instance. Yeah, Pathfinder really doesn't have any kind of system in place to encourage good role-playing, which is unfortunate. And I've seen the the kind of the old standby that gets passed around where... They say, oh, well, he did a good job in that role-playing scene. I should award him extra experience. But I feel like that really falls short. Like, if you start awarding experience solely for good role-play and say there's only one person in your group who's interested in role-playing, for like just as an example, that person, either you have to give them amounts of experience which are pretty much negligible to the level that you're at so that he doesn't get too far ahead or you simply have to accept the fact that one or two players may just get ahead of everyone else but i don't think that that's a good thing to do i don't think that's a good system to implement because once other players start pulling ahead it's going to kind of breed discontent like some people are just going to get angry that you know these players or this player has more EXP and got to level up before everyone else. It it comes off as favoritism, I think. And that's really something you want to avoid on the tabletop. Favoritism kind of breeds bad blood because especially if you do just play favorites, it's maybe that one player is going to be very invested in what's going on, but all the other players are going to very quickly lose interest because they know that they're not the important one. That makes a lot of sense. Um the doors open and I don't think, at least in the games I've been a part of, that I've seen a lot of favoritism, thankfully. But I won't say it you know, doesn't happen or maybe hasn't happened behind the scenes. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's bad that a GM may have a favorite character within the group or whatever, but don't make it obvious don't give that person rewards above everyone else because you're just going to fall into that trap where you know the rest of the players aren't going to be having fun anymore and then you've got you know a bunch of disinterested players it's really going to kind of break the group apart so i don't other methods um of distributing kind of a reward for good role play and i do think that like rewarding and positive reinforcement is the way to go here. I don't think you want to punish bad role play because you're going to fall into that same trap of now this person just isn't interested because you've given them the stick as opposed to the carrot. Like don't, don't make it a negative experience. Everyone's there to have fun. So if you want your players to role play more or role play like better in like a more engaging way, Give them good incentive. Give, 
dangle the carrot in front of them and then they'll figure out how to how to grab it themselves yeah just granting extra experience isn't going to be a good way to do it i don't think the inspiration die uh i it can be just done in pathfinder like it that would be very easy to just migrate over and i i don't think it's a bad thing to do at all if your system doesn't have a something to reward good roleplay, that might just be like a good standby to go to is that little inspiration where maybe they get a bad roll. They've got this inspiration they can spend to try again. And they may want to spend that wisely, but at that point you do have to kind of figure out the balance between is this something I'm going to give out frequently or is this something I'm only going to give out whenever somebody does something exceptional um and is it something that only i can give as a gm or am i going to allow other players to give it or at least nominate for it because in a system where it can affect things mechanically i, d I don't know that i would want to be able to have my players just be able to hand them out freely because i think that that could be abused but in a system where you know you can nominate somebody say like hey i like what that person did I think he should get an inspiration for that, and then you get to make the final call yourself. At least, even if you don't get the inspiration, you know that somebody else at the table liked what you did. And that on its own can be a decent reward. You know, kind of get that positive affirmation that even if they don't think you get the inspiration at that moment, that somebody else thinks you did something cool and that you did a good job. This is taking me back to uh, our group scheme of uh, Tenra, where we're all like having a good time and like there's some funny crap going down and everybody's just handing out IQ like left and right. And that's very much where the game shines because you just have that system of, you know, you can only get one IQ per action or whatever, but if you do something like really cool and the whole tape likes it, you're going to get a whole bunch of it all at once because everyone's going to be like, here, man, have this. This is a cool thing for you to have. Like you did a good job. Here you go. And then it's very rewarding in that way, not just from a gameplay perspective, but knowing that everyone else at your table and all your other friends around you said, that was cool, man. Have this. Positive affirmation, not just from your GM, but from your entire group, I think would probably be the biggest motivator to actually role play well in any system. I agree. It's nice to be recognized on like somewhat of a different level you know within the realm of a game within the confines of a system especially when you're not really um, used to that's new to you yeah um wrath and glory does something similar to the i key where you have wrath die and you have a certain amount or not wrath die but wrath points per character you you have a certain amount i think you start with two every session and they give you some mechanical advantages, like if you roll like a test, like if you roll ballistics to try and hit an opponent and you don't roll particularly well, you can spend a wrath to re-roll all of your failed dice rolls to try and get more successes. Um, but it again comes back to, you know, only the GM is technically allowed to hand those out, but... It's mechanical advantages like that I see most often being a uh, an incentive for good roleplay, wherein I actually think um, having them be able to develop your character 
like to be able to proceed forward in some way because you did a good job it probably would be a at least in my opinion from my perspective would be a more uh, rewarding reason to do good roleplay where like if in tenra you get plenty of these ike which you can then convert and you can spend them to actually like buy stat points or um, buy new skills that kind of thing gives me like a very solid reason to continue trying to do my best to really put myself in the shoes of that character because not only will that allow me to perform better as this character mechanically but it actually allows me to develop it allows me to give myself uh more of what my character should be to allow them to be better at it because I've shown that I can put myself in the shoes of this character and actually act them out. Tenra is actually uh, pretty heavily founded in like Kabuki theater, wherein acting is just kind of a fundamental part of the system. I don't want this to just be like, oh, let's fawn over Tenra again, but it's probably the most prime example of a game that does reward role-playing well because it really just is the central way you advance your character you can get ike and ki and stuff for just you know getting a good role or whatever but that's not the point it's having a good time and engaging with the rest of your group is what's supposed to be the main goal of your advancement rather than i rolled really well we killed this monster we got experience points so I guess the question we have to ask now is, in these systems where we don't have advancement, we don't have, um, you know, buying new skills and buying new stats as part of a reward for good roleplay, how do we not only incentivize, but properly reward good roleplay? Because, again, the whole um, inspiration die thing it, it does a decent job, but I still think it falls short because ultimately all it really does is allow you to say, oops, I messed that up, let me try again. What are some ways that you think would be a decent way to incentivize somebody and say like a Pathfinder game to roleplay better? Mm, Pathfinder? I mean, outside of, you know, desirable outcomes or just I guess particular outcomes that you're shooting for I don't know I'm, I'm sort of blank on it I mean we can go further down that rope or down that rabbit hole rather talking's hard I'm quite tired um, <laughs> you know narrative outcomes are I would say also a very good way to incentivize good role play because if somebody does you know think of something inventive or they role play really well, you can change how maybe other characters would interact with them. Like, uh, kind of on that topic, I've seen a lot of players will, or I'm sorry, a lot of GMs will allow their players to bypass like charisma checks or intimidation checks because they did a particularly good job of making their point or putting themselves in character and doing something to be intimidating. Yeah, I mean, also depends. Well, if your character is typically like heavy-duty enforcer they're a well-known and feared like an assassin probably speaking a little too much from a game that i'm in right now 
<laughs> I think another thing from Wrath and Glory that would actually fit this pretty well. Uh, one of the things you can do with the Wrath die I mentioned earlier, where like, yeah, you can use it for a mechanical advantage, but I actually think this might be an interesting thing to implement in other games uh, as an incentive for good roleplay is have these points. Uh, wrath points can be used to make narrative declarations, even. Uh, for example, if you're chasing a you know a hive ganger down this uh, hive street and he's got like a grappling hook and he's able to shoot himself up onto the rooftops and you would have to make certain checks to be able to climb to catch up to him and even if you do make these checks your climbing is a lot slower than a grappling hook so he's got time to get away um, if you've got a wrath point to spend you can say well I want to make a narrative declaration that there's say a, um, a cargo lift nearby and I want to shoot the uh, rope so that or I want to grab the rope and then shoot it loose so that the counterweight will propel me up to the top so I can catch up just as fast as he can as a narrative declaration. Um, you know, the DM maybe didn't specify that there was a cargo lift or anything of that, of that nature, but you can say, I want to spend this wrath point to make this narrative declaration to change something in the scene to be in the party's favor. As long as the GM accepts it, you know, you can do that. You can do things in your favor. You have these points to spend. I think possibly... A decent reward for good roleplay would to be have like declaration points, perhaps, where you can say, "I want to add this to the to the narrative to benefit the party." Um, and you know, GM has final say, of course, but it allows them to have a little bit of control, not just over their character, but of the external circumstances their character is in to maybe make things a bit more favorable in a given situation almost afraid to ask but um on the technical side how would things like like going back a few minutes ago uh the inspiration from tenra or like wrath declarations something similar to that how would these be implemented into a system like pathfinder so the narrative declarations i think would be easy enough to do you would just say um Again, say a player thinks that another player role-played really well and they can nominate them for that point or you know, the GM gives them that point or whatever and they can just make the narrative declaration. For inspiration, I think it would just work in that same way that it does in D&D wherein uh, if you have an inspiration and you roll really poorly on your attack roll or whatever or maybe a diplomacy check you're trying to make and you say, I want to spend that inspiration and then you re-roll it. Because that's all that inspiration really does in 5e is that you, if you don't like a roll you got, you get the chance to re-roll that d20 and try and, you know, get a better result. And Pathfinder would just basically play out the same way. And would this fit in, like, with rules as written, or would it kind of be more, like, out of the box? How do you mean? Um, hmm. Like with rules as written, that's generally, you know, people are pretty strict and stick to the book as it is, right? Versus sort of going off, like, I want to say from out of left field a little bit, just taking creative um, freedoms and liberties to do other things that typically, if you went just by the book, rules as written, 
you wouldn't be able to. I'm not entirely certain I understand the question here. I might also not understand the systems well enough. That could be the thing. All right, well, um, inspiration doesn't exist in Pathfinder. It's it's a 5e thing that got implemented. Right. Um, kind of like the, the idea I'm putting forth here is that you just kind of take that idea of an inspiration die from 5e and just implement it into Pathfinder as an incentive for good roleplay. Sounds good to me. It's like, okay, I'm glad to clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that gives like a good basis, like being able to have friends, other players nominate these things, um, if not just give them outright, and having things like narrative declarations. Like, what other what other things do you think, like as a player? As a player of Pathfinder and D and D games, like what are some things that you would personally like to see as a reward for playing your character well? Like if you say as grit, you've got playing as a, in a five E game. You just did something that you thought was super dope as grit. How would you want that to affect the game? How would you want the GM to acknowledge that you did something super cool? No bad ideas here. <laughs> I mean. Some juicy flavor is always nice, like, you know, lovely descriptions of heads flying off and all the blood splurting everywhere and the horrified expression, which is the last face that the bastard ever makes. But um, also, I guess more like, maybe like a short-term consequence of that, like say it's the commander of a squadron of you know goblins or something like that and so the rest of them all just like look on terrified as you just maim their commander or utterly slaughtered him they just you know back up and they're just like all right we gotta get the heck out of here but then maybe later on down the line something more long-term like political like oh this sort of like shifted some of the power struggle you know now the goblins as a whole are starting to like look at your group as being something of a growing threat like they're getting a bit of an infamous name for themselves within their sect just as an example so yeah that's that's absolutely uh, a solid thing um to have the narrative change in response to how your character role plays uh could very easily be a, a very nice reward for like if you do something interesting or if you have a, a very interesting new idea that maybe the GM didn't anticipate um, and you role-play it out well, you could actually cause the world around your characters to change due to your own actions rather than just, oh, I got this good die roll, now everything proceeds. Uh, yeah, being able to alter the narrative uh, under your own ideas, um, have the GM acknowledge your idea and then act upon it and shape the world around you based on your actions, that... That's actually very rewarding to know that, you know, the person who's basically pulling all the strings thinks that something you did was interesting enough, was engaging enough to implement, to add to their world and allow you to make a change, make an addition to it through your actions and through your role play. That's a good one word. It's a good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, me and my noisy chair. I like it. So squeaky. It's very calm. <laughs> it's my big old squeaky chair. Um, 
unfortunately, you don't see a lot of these kinds of rules implemented in too many games. I've seen a lot of groups and a lot of systems that are wholly focused on the numbers game, which are unfortunate in that that just seems very boring to me. I know that a lot of people do like the math. They like the numbers. They like min-maxing and being... But it's it's called a role-playing game for a reason. Um, here, another thing I think that could encourage good role-play is just having an engaging world to begin with. Like, here's something that I honestly find rather sad. Uh, Shadowrun. Uh, I just recently picked up the Shadowrun 6th edition rulebook, and unfortunately, I regret the purchase because the system itself is just awful. The rules were barely edited. They are poorly written. They have so many loopholes around rules, and there's like stats and like major core things to the system that just don't function or if they function at all, they don't function as intended, which is very unfortunate. But I'm still tempted to role play in that world because the setting that they put forth at the beginning of the book is incredibly interesting. It was incredibly engaging to read that first chapter where they're describing um, magic suddenly being introduced to a world of you know, science and technology, uh, where dwarves and elves suddenly exist in a world where only humans were meant to exist. And a, a big dragon named Ghostwalker, who lived in the astral realm, took over the city of Detroit and became its king. Like, that's that sounds rad. Hell yeah. Like, I, I want to be in that world. I want to be a character in that world, and I want to engage with it, even though the system itself was poorly done. And... Maybe, you know, not everyone is the best writer, you know, some people, you know, they do the best they can and maybe you don't engage with the group as much as you want to. But I think if you really put some thought into your world, not necessarily planning out every step of the player's adventure, but at least putting a decent amount of thought into your world, taking the time to build it and flesh it out and have some notable NPCs and some notable events that happened in the background, some things that you can reference, um, some great battles that uh, NPCs and certain characters can talk about and reference and you know certain amazing deeds and legendary weapons and figures of note in the world's history. And of course, this would be, you know, for long-term games. You don't want to do this for every one shot you run. But having things like that in the world, I think, are a very good incentive to have your players roleplay very well because they'll want to engage with that and they'll want to be a part of it. And you know you're not going to be heralded as the legendary hero, this charismatic king and ruler of men, if all you do is roll the die. You really got to put yourself in that character's shoes and behave in that way. What are your thoughts, Warrior? I often find myself questioning if I know my characters. If any of the things I'm saying that? that... If any of the things that I'm saying are things they would actually say, given their life experiences. Well, that's that's also another uh, a good point that to bring up. Um, if you have your players, you know, flesh out their characters more to begin with, they're probably going to be more incentivized to role play better as well because they've got a lot more to go off of. They've got a lot more 
details planned out and that's going to help them kind of figure out who their character is and put them in their shoes what do you think as a player what do you think are some of the most important things about a character and their background that really get you into that headspace what are things that are important in building a character that allow you to step into their mindset well i mean you know major particular details like their birth, the circumstances around that, like, were they abandoned? Were they thrown out? Were they raised in a happy family life until tragedy struck? Um, I mean, you don't need every single detail of their life, obviously, but you're going to want the major, you know, the major events that molded them, sculpted them, and how they came out of the fire. You know, was their personality that they went in with that still intact, or Maybe they were more sensitive before, whereas afterwards they were hardened, sturdier, you know, maybe more cynical, sarcastic. Little things like that. So that that on its own could be a very solid baseline for, you know, as a GM say, hey, at least write this much of a background for your character to know who they are to know what they're about and to know how they would act and behave in a given situation that would allow them cause you do see that a lot more often in characters you know or in players rather who flesh out their characters more who know what their character was from a young age and how the circumstances of their life change them and shape them they are a lot more tempted to role play that character rather than just sit and roll a die because they're invested. They've got a story that they want to tell rather than just a couple of numbers in a stat block. I agree. But um, say you have a scenario where you've been playing a game for a while. Um, then there's a long break, kind of a big hiatus. Uh, some major events happened that sculpted, molded your character a bit. But now that there's been this long break from sessions, you've sort of lost touch with a lot of a lot of the depth, a lot of the changes that went to your character, and now you're just not sure who they are due to that time, that break in time between sessions. How do you get the magic back? Yes. Um, I would say oftentimes, especially if it is a character you're just invested in, um, the GM and maybe some other players that can chip in um, and just kind of give a recap of events that happened. Um, I would even say go around the table, have your characters talk about things that they remember. I'm sorry, have your players talk about things that they remember that maybe their character did or that other characters did that they remember being especially cool and especially interesting and pointing those things out and kind of putting those things fresh in everyone's mind again is a good idea. Because it really, like, it brings those things back to the forefront. Like, it, it reminds you of, oh, that was really cool, and that's why my character does this and this way again. Um, other than that, like, sometimes, especially if there's just, like, a long hiatus where, you know, life sometimes just does get in the way, uh, even just, like, give it a session or two um, to just get back into the groove. Playing a character, in my opinion, is always going to be the best way to play the character, is to just be there to be in that moment to just put yourself in that spot but i do think that you know kind of having that little discussion and reminding yourselves of 
what you loved about the sessions that came beforehand and those events that shaped your character and made them interesting to you and bringing those back to the forefront and just having that discussion would be very helpful in that particular regard. So we're coming up on over half an hour now, which I think is a decent length for this particular episode. We've gone over some very good points, I think. Some very good talking points. Any final notes you want to add there, Word? I'm kind of feeling a bit blank. Well, that's still a problem. We, we covered a lot of ground today, I think. We got some very solid advice out of this one. Indeed. So I'm going to go ahead and roll that Dizzy D20. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no, not throw it on floor. Into the glass of water it goes. Oh, gosh, it's just gone. Oh, did it go into the vat of, uh, to a vat of ranch dressing nearby? Simon, are you sitting? No, you're not. Blue cheese, may Caesar? Maybe Thousand Island. Maybe that D20's in the mood for a Reuben. Mm. Rubens. Oh my goodness, word. It is just gone. What? <laughs> How did you disapparate? <laughs> Demolecularize? <laughs> the D20 just, it just left. It was out of here. It did not want to have anything to do with this crappy podcast anymore. Oh gosh. This, is this <laughs> foreshadowing of the end times? Oof. Oh, this is one I just added to the list. Uh, an episode on my own personal Tenra setting that I've been running games in. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to talk about the uh, the narrative I've got going. Sounds um, like a lot of nothing too ter- It might be. I'm not going to make anything terribly spoilerific. I know, of course, <laughs> got some games running with you guys, you know, so I don't want to, you know. Are you okay over there? But... No, I'm sad. Big (laughs) mega hugs for Dill. Oh, you're just a big old softy. I am a living teddy bear. (laughs) We got Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, Discord links down in the the description for this episode. Facebook.com slash d20dudes, Twitter.com at d20dudes or Twitter.com slash d20dudes, Patreon.com slash d20dudes. Discord link will be down in the description because it's a bunch of random letters and numbers and stuff, and it would be very hard to, 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 to get that. A big thankies from McSpankies to all of our patrons. You are wonderful people who have forced upon me the burden of accepting your money and not knowing what to do with it. Thanks. He's kidding. It's going back into the podcast. Relax. It is going back to the podcast. It's fine. It's fine. Um, got some goals going. Hoping to get some uh, some new patrons in the near future. Trying to you know up that dollar sign so that we can uh, get a website moving. Making about eight bucks a month right now. So right now it's a bit of a long term goal, but I'm looking forward to it. Having a website will be fun. And thank you everyone for listening. You're pretty cool. Pretty cool for tuning into my little grinky dink podcast and listening to me go on and on. Oh, you know, it's just nice to have the grandkids stop by every now and then. And thank you all for bathing and showering and smelling oh so nice. Indeed, you are looking so fine today. Every one of you. And not stinky. Death's not stinky. And I guess we'll catch you next week's episode. Goodbye. The spiggity boop.